All right, well, good morning. Welcome. We are starting a brand new series that I'm pretty excited about. Uh, we're going to be in this series for the next six weeks. And for the record, as uh, Laura mentioned to you just a moment ago, the title of this series is 365 and one, not 365 plus one. I saw people, people saw that previously and they're asking me, are we doing a series on leap year or something? I'm like, no, 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 it's 365 and one. And the 365 reminds us, as Laura pointed out, of the 365 days that we have every year and, and 366 days on leap year. But those are days that God gives to us to use, right? To talk about and demonstrate who Jesus is and the difference that he can make in our lives. Now, I don't know if you recall, but two years ago, we learned that the mission that Jesus gave to his church when it was first starting is the same mission that his church has today. And so, you know, a mission statement answers the question, what is God calling us to do? What is God calling us to do? So as a church here at Royal Redeemer, we took some time and we looked at the unique ministries that we offer and how that makes us different from other churches. And what we discovered was that we believe God is calling us, based on who we are, that God is calling us to help people exchange everyday life for contagious Christian community. Hey, that's our mission. That is what God is calling us to do. And the reason why is because there are so many people today who are living out their everyday lives, but their lives are empty, or they're tired, or it's just kind of tedious, or maybe it's being difficult, uh, or it lacks a sense of purpose and meaning and, and, and so that's our mission. And then last November, um, last November, you might recall, that's when the pandemic was spiking. But last November, we revisited our mission statement. And we also discovered that while the word contagious in our mission statement may seem like not the wisest choice of words in the middle of a pandemic, yet it was the perfect word, right? Because it describes what we have in Jesus, love, joy, peace, power, hope, and how we are to literally spread that to those around us. So for all of you sitting here today right now, for all of you watching me online right now, the goal is for us, if you will, to become contagious Christians in the sense that the people around us might be infected by our personality or our attitudes or our lifestyles. And they're going to want what we have, which, of course, is an intimate, grace-filled relationship with Jesus Christ and, and where we are surrounded by other followers of Jesus who are there to help us and encourage us and love us and support us. But here's the problem. If you're like me, well, you'll hear that and you'll say, okay, yeah, thanks for the reminder, Pastor John. I'll get right on that. I got right that. But not maybe today because the Browns are playing the Chiefs later this afternoon. And, you know, this week is going to be kind of busy, but I'll, I'll get right on it. And we have all kinds of good intentions, don't we? But then nothing happens. And maybe it's because we forget. Maybe it's because uh, we are busy. And maybe it's because we feel a little intimidated or scared by the whole being contagious Christian thing. But regardless, I think there's also another dynamic that's at play that we tend to forget or overlook. Another uh, element that is often ignored, and it's this. In spite of our good intentions, there are times when we just lack the sense of urgency that we need. 
We just don't think about the eternity of those people whom we know in and out of a given day and who may be spiritually lost. It's just, I'm sorry, it's not a burning issue for us. It's not a pressing matter. It should be a big deal. But it just isn't. 2,000 years ago, it was a big deal for Jesus and on one particular occasion, and we heard it, George read those, uh, those three stories. On one particular occasion, Jesus is having a conversation with some spiritual outcasts and the religious leaders, they got all bent out of shape about that. So Jesus tells these three stories so as to clear up any confusion as to who it is that matters to God. Story of the lost sheep, lost coin, and the lost son. And then in the middle of that, and this was actually the the last verse of that first section that George read, Jesus says this powerful truth. Luke 15, verse 10, Jesus says, There is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So if you want something that represents the heart of God, that's it. And that's the kind of passion that God is looking for in each and every one of you. So what I'd like to do is just explain why, why we should be passionate like God, why we should be contagious Christians, and why we should spend all 365 days of the year looking for that one whom we know may be lost. And the first reason why is because those who are spiritually lost, they lack a sense of direction in life. Okay, they, they just, it, this is the story of the lost sheep. Right? The, the sheep is, is grazing on some green grass and it sees another field over there and that's some greener grass. So it heads over there and then goes to another field and it just kind of wanders away and before you know it, it's lost. And it did not intend to get lost. It just happened. I would argue the people who are spiritually lost that you know, they never intended to get that way, but because it just happened naturally because they are sinful human beings. Instead of, instead of doing what God wants them to do, their desire is to wander and do whatever they want to do. And we're all guilty of that. Isaiah 53, 6 says, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. So one very good reason for us to be passionate like God and to become contagious Christians is because those who are spiritually lost, they lack that sense of direction to move them into a grace-filled relationship with Jesus Christ. They can't do it on their own. They need us to help point the way. A second good reason for us to become contagious Christians is because when a person is spiritually lost, they miss out on God's protection. And by that I mean they become vulnerable to the fears and worries of this world. Most, if not all of you know that sheep are vulnerable. They do not have any kind of natural defense system. Right? They don't bite, they don't have claws, they can't run very fast. They are in serious danger if they don't have a shepherd to protect them from things like steep cliffs or wild animals. Zechariah 10 verse 2 says, My people are wandering like lost sheep. They are attacked because they have no shepherd. Those people whom you know that are spiritually lost or separated from God, they lack a spiritual guidance from you. And so they are easy prey to fears and worries. They are very vulnerable to problems and difficulties that leave them all stressed out. So a second reason why we need to have the passion of God and become contagious Christians is because those people who are disconnected spiritually from God 
they're very helpless right now. Okay, they are, they are vulnerable right now. They need to know that they have a good shepherd who will protect them. A shepherd who will, who will carry them through the, the stress-filled moments of life. Third reason why we need to become contagious Christians is because when a person is spiritually lost, their potential is wasted. And this is the story of the lost coin. I have in my hand a silver dollar. By itself, this has potential. But when you put it with other dollars, it has even more potential, right? I mean, it has potential to, I don't know, build a business or beautify a park or even help feed a family. But if that coin gets lost, the potential is lost, right? Even though it's lost, it's still worth a dollar, but because it's lost, its potential is wasted, When people are spiritually lost, they hold enormous value in God's eyes. But their potential is wasted. Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, it says this, God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. God can do amazing things through the potential that he has given to us. And yet for those people who are spiritually disconnected from God that we know about, they're going to miss out on his plan, right? And his plan, of course, is much bigger, much better than any of their plans. So another reason, a third reason why we should be passionate like God and contagious Christians is so that those people whom we know are spiritually lost, so that they don't miss out on God's joy-filled plan for their life and their potential that he has given to them. Fourth reason why we should become contagious Christians. And this is the biggest reason by far of all. And it's because when a person is spiritually lost, heaven is not their home. Heaven is not their home. This is the story of the lost son, right? The father has two sons. The younger one rebels and makes destructive decisions. He wants it all, but he loses it all. People today are spiritually lost and they make rebellious, destructive decisions. They want it all, but in the end, they're going to lose it all. Because of their sinful rebellion against God, they shut themselves out of God's grace and forgiveness and heaven as their home. And that's why Jesus warns us in Luke 9. He says, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but are yourself lost or destroyed? So a fourth reason why we should be passionate like God and become contagious Christians is so that those people whom we know are separated from God outside a relationship with him can know about his grace and that they can, um, because of the, the power of the Holy Spirit at work in their life, come to un- enjoy his gifts of forgiveness and heaven as their home through faith in Jesus. So in all three of those stories... All three of those stories point to us or, or point us to people who are spiritually lost. And, and, and they're all around you. They're, they're everywhere. They, you interact without them. Some of them are there at your workplace or job site. Some of them are uh, at, in your sports team or they're at, with you at school. Uh, some of these people are your next door neighbors. Right? Or it's the person who cuts your hair. I don't know. It could be the person you're dating right now. It could be somebody that uh, is a, r- a relative to you. Or it could be somebody that works out with you. I I don't know. It could be anybody. But here's the thing I want you to to understand. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. This is good news. No matter how spiritually lost that person is, there is something they will never, ever, ever 
lose. And let me explain it this way. I have here a $100 bill. This is a real $100 bill. Now, just a quick show of hands. How many of you, if I offered this $100 bill as a gift, how many of you would take it? Just a quick show of hands. Be honest. Because if you're not, your hand's not going up, you're lying. How would you not want $100? All right. So $100 bill. Now, let me ask you this. Okay, I'm going to crumple up this $100 bill. Now, how many of you want it? Quick show of hands. Sure you do. What about this? I'm going to put it on the floor. I'm going to stomp on it and drag it and make it dirty. Now how many of you want it? Yeah, of course you want it. Why? Because it's still 100 bucks. For those people who are spiritually lost, this may be what a parent did to them when they were young. This may be what society told them by saying, you're worthless. You're not going to amount to anything. This may represent some bad choices that they made in their life. This, this may be the fact that they were beaten and pushed around, or maybe they're the ones pushing others around. But here's the thing. No matter how crumpled or dirty they are, it doesn't cause them to lose one ounce of value in God's sight. Why? Because all people matter to God. All people matter to God. I was watching the National Geographic channel just earlier this week, and I was watching, I kind of jumped into an episode of these guys who were hunting uh, sunken treasure uh, from like shipwrecks. And um, there was, and I don't know what it was because they never really identified, but I heard that they, they use this one piece of equipment, but they use it sparingly because it costs $35,000 a day to use it. I'm like, holy smokes, that is a lot of money for a search and rescue mission, isn't it? And yet, how much did God, what did it cost God to rescue you, to rescue the world, right? Listen and think about the heart of God as I read these very familiar words from John 3, 16. I'm going to use the New Century version, though, because I really like how it's worded. Look at this. God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him may not be, what's the next word? Say it but have eternal life. That's the heart of God. That's how much the lost and all people matter to God. So in the time that I got left, let me just share with you why Jesus came and how in each of those three stories he represents the the shepherd, the woman, and the father. Okay, And to do it with the hope that it will increase your sense of urgency for those that you know are lost. It'll help you develop a passionate heart of God and become contagious in your faith that they might know and want what you have. First, like the shepherd who went to look for the lost sheep, Jesus came to rescue those who are spiritually lost. And I just want you to pause and think about those people in your your world of influence, okay? Who do you know that right now is just, they are spiritually disconnected from God? Who do you know that may lack peace because of some kind of of issue that's going on, some guilt that they feel over something that happened in their past when they were wandering and going their own way? Who, who in your mind right now is, is stressed out because of the fears and the worries of this world? Right? And, and they're, they're trying to carry their problems all by themselves. Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. 
Jesus came to bring freedom and rest and peace to the world. So who do you know that needs rest from trying to carry all of their problems? Who do you know that needs peace from the guilt that they feel over past mistakes or failures? In Ephesians 1 verse 7, it says, In Christ we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. If you know somebody who is disconnected from God, okay, don't wait a moment longer. Don't let them wander aimlessly or be vulnerable any longer. Tell them about Jesus and how his sacrifice on the cross frees them from their guilt. Tell them they got a shepherd who will guide them and protect them and bring them rest and peace. Second, like the woman who goes searching for the lost coin, Jesus came to recover those who are spiritually lost. I don't know if you're aware of this, but many homes back in Jesus' day, the floor consisted primarily of just dirt, and then it was covered with some straw. So, of course, if you lost a coin, you'd spend a lot of time going through all that loose dirt and straw. But it would be worth it. In Luke 19, verse 10, Jesus says, the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. And again, that's the heart of God. People are worth it. So who do you know that may be, have become lost in the expectations of others? Who do you know their God-given potential is being wasted right now because they're living for the approval of, I don't know, their parents or their coworkers or their friends? Who do you know that may be lost in feelings of, of shame or, or bitterness or just an addiction, right? It bothers them because they tell you about it. So whose name is popping into your mind right now? If God says in Psalm 50, verse 15, call on me in the day of trouble, I will deliver you. So whoever you were just thinking about, with the passionate heart of God, look for ways for you to share with them what Jesus has done to deliver them, to recover them from a life that is just empty and pointless. Look for ways to share with them how God has the power to use them and their potential in amazing ways. In ways not that it's just going to bless them, but the others around them as well. And then third, like the father whose son was lost, Jesus also came to reconcile those who are spiritually lost. Unfortunately, a lot of people who are spiritually lost, they mistakenly think that God is going to be mad at them He's not going to be like the father in the story who ran to his son and embraced him and hugged him and threw a huge party. They're thinking, no, no, God's going to be mad at me. He's going to scold me. He's going to just rehash everything I've done wrong. And that's not true. God is not mad at them. He is mad about them. In Colossians 1, it says, God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus and through him to reconcile to himself all things, making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Notice that word reconcile there on the screen. Okay, when a husband and wife stop, uh, when they reconcile, they stop fighting. All right, when two nations reconcile, peace has come. When you reconcile the books, your finances are balanced and things are no longer out of whack. Because Jesus sacrificed himself on the cross, a person no longer, their, their relationship with God no longer has to be out of whack. They can know that Jesus suffered and died to, to break down the barrier of all sin. That Jesus paid the punishment for everything they've done wrong so they can be forgiven and saved. So who do you know right now that might be thinking mistakenly, oh, God could never love me, not, not after what I've done. 2 Corinthians 5, 
If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, not counting people's sins against them. People are reconciled with God and adopted into his family, not because of anything they've done, but because of what God has done for us through his son, Jesus Christ. Wow. So who do you know that might need to be assured of that truth? Whoever it is that maybe you've been thinking about, just as I've been talking, uh, I'd like you to pull out this bookmark. Go ahead and find that and pull it out right now. And on this side where it says 365 and 1, at the bottom there's a blank line. And I want you to just write down that name. And it can be their first name. Maybe you don't even know their name. You just know they live two houses down. I don't, whatever it works. But who's your one? Because we all have one. So who's your one that needs to know about the love and joy of Jesus? Whoever that is, remember what Jesus says in Luke 15, verse 10. There is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So let me close by just challenging you in a couple of ways for this coming week. First, I want to challenge you to connect with God and memorize Luke 15, verse 10. Like, oh, I wasn't paying attention. Let me read it again. There is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Even if you just get the gist of it, that works. But let that sink into your heart and raise the level of urgency within you for that one for whom Jesus died. Right? So that they can have what you have. Second, love others by praying over that name on your book, bookmark. All right, pray for opportunities to build a relationship with that individual, to, to talk to them about the difference that Jesus makes, again, so that they can have what you have, so that they will want what you have. And then third, use every day to help connect the lost with God. This series will be over in a couple of weeks, but 365 days each year, every year, yeah, that, that never ends. And if this person on your name, by the Spirit's power and grace of God, becomes found, great! rejoice with the angels in heaven, but then write down another name because this never stops. Does that make sense? This never stops. And over these next couple of weeks, we're going to dig into how does that happen? Because I think all of us want to, but we just don't know how. So that's what we're going to work on over these next couple of weeks. Well, let's pray. Would you pray with me, please? Father, we confess right now that we have not actively sought out those who are disconnected from you. We, we haven't. We haven't maybe even thought about them. Forgive us, Lord, and help us to realize that nothing matters more to you than bringing those who are outside of a relationship with you, who are outside of their family, back into the fold. So, Father, stir up within us a true sense of urgency and bless this series over these next couple of weeks. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us. Build within us a contagious kind of love, a love that actively searches for all those whom we know may be disconnected from you. Lord God, we love you. And now we ask that you would help us to love them the way you love them. We pray this in Jesus' great name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.